0: Well, the Apple Sox 2022 season is coming up quickly and we're joined by the head coach of the Wenatchee Apple Sox today, Mitch Darlington. I'm Joel Norman. And, you know, Mitch, we're getting close. You and I were just saying a moment ago we're ready for the start of this season to really get here already. Uh, Talk to me about what this is like for you. We're in May. The season's coming up here. Opening day coming up June 3rd. Home opener is June 6th we pretty much, as people who've been listening to the podcast know, they know what the roster is going to be. What is your preparation like right now as we get closer to the start of the season, as you cross the T's and dot the I's?
1: Yeah, I feel like um, we were just talking a little bit about how um, since getting hired in October, I feel like it's just been this long, long wait for just uh, for June to roll around. You know, we've been recruiting the roster and getting all of that finalized and then we um you know late in winter ran into some injury issues with some of the guys we had coming in and so then I had to jump a little bit back into the recruiting and make some more phone calls and grab some late uh additions to the roster but um now it's just man waiting just crossing down these final days and wait until uh June 3rd rolls around so we can get rolling so we're ready
0: well, fans have certainly got a good feel for the players we've added to this team this year that you've added along with the assistant coaches with you, Aaron Vaughn and Marcus Lydon. Talk to fan, talk to me a little bit about the process. I know a lot of fans know how recruiting goes, but each year it's a big question for our fans. Is how do guys end up on the Apple Sox? I, explain how that process works. Yeah,
1: so a lot of it isn't... Um... Recruiting individual players. It's not like going into this process. There's guys. I followed that. I'm thinking man I really want to get this guy Um, It's more of just establishing good connections with schools um, And talking to those coaching staffs and just finding guys that would be the right fit for us here in Wenatchee Um, With the NWAC guys the community colleges in Washington and Oregon um, some of those guys is a little different just because I have had a chance to see some of those guys play, you know, the Corey Gerald's of the world, um, the Connor Ashworth, Dylan Gardner, some of these big Ben guys, um, I've had a chance to follow them. So, um, I've had a chance to see those guys and, and follow them. And, you know, I thought, oh, okay, that's a guy I want to get, or that's an arm that I'd really like to have on the roster. Um, but as you get into some of these bigger schools, um, Unless they're a returner for the Apple Sox or you have some stats on them from last year in the West Coast League, you know, you're really not chasing the individual. You're more just establishing the connection with the school, so
0: you talked about seeing some guys in person uh you were telling us the other day you had a chance to watch uh, from this past weekend at the time of this recording uh this past weekend you got a chance to see Wenatchee Valley College against Yakima Valley College and you you already told me what happened here you you saw a couple of Apple Sox players going up against each other in action uh, explain that to fans and you know what did you take away from a couple of those guys you were watching
1: yeah i, uh, I had a chance to uh catch the tail end of Wenatchee uh play Yakima and uh, was excited to see um Devin Fry, who uh, is pitching for Wenatchee Valley, I was excited to see him get a start. And um, watching Yakima, I was able to see Corey Gerald play a little bit. And uh, first AB of game two, Corey Gerald comes up to face Devin Fry with the runner on base. And uh, Corey Gerald put one right center and well stroked baseball. So uh, a little friend- friendly rivalry already started for uh, a couple of guys coming in for the Apple Sox this summer.
0: I'm sure they'll bring that up with each other at some point this summer. Uh, Got to ask, was there a lot of wind going out to right? I know fans are used to seeing if it's a home run out toward right field, the wind a lot of times can play a fact. Was there any wind that day?
1: Yeah, pretty pretty strong wind, gust. which you talked a little bit about the recruiting earlier. Um, I was talking to a parent there, and he was saying, man, you guys have a lot of left-handed hitters uh, coming in this year. And I said, You know, just from knowing this ballpark, it's a jet stream out to right, so the more left-handed bats we can have in our lineup uh, on days like it was Saturday, get a ball up in the wind and uh, carries out, uh, that's nice to have in your lineup.
0: And if you're listening to this podcast, you know it's been a breezy spring, and granted I've only been back in the Valley since April, and I I, I like to tell people I brought some of that bad weather with me from Iowa, but uh, yeah, you're right, the the wind could certainly play a factor The summer if that continues, and We're not going to complain, like you said, with how the lineup has been constructed. Uh, Going back to the recruiting process, as we touched on that a little bit, Mitch, what have you learned from your first year of recruiting for a summer college baseball team? I know you've been an assistant before in the Cascade Collegiate League but obviously a little bit different here in the West Coast League with the Apple Sox. What things have you learned ahead of game action? Because I know there's going to be a lot of stuff once games begin that you're going to say, okay, you know, maybe I look at this differently or I reassess this situation. But so far, what have been some of the big things you've learned?
1: Yeah, as far as the recruiting goes, um, I would say that early on, I was really concerned with, you know, bulking up the roster and having too many guys be signed early on. Um And I think just going through the winter and seeing the guys, you know, that you have signed early and then something happens where they drop off, um, whether it be injuries, um, whether it be, you know, signing with another league, you know, guys getting called up to Cape Cod, um, guys that, um, you know, it just doesn't work out for one way or another, you know, they want to stay home and train for the summer or whatever it may be. I think I was so concerned early on with making sure um, that I had a small enough roster where everyone was going to get the innings and playing time that I wanted to see them get. Um, and then, you know, as we get into spring, we have numerous injuries. We have a couple guys that just aren't able to make it out. And then you're a little bit scrambling. You're, uh, you're making phone calls again, trying to um, start that process over and, and bulk your roster back up. So I think I would take away that, you know, it's okay to go into the winter uh, a little heavy with your roster because those things are naturally going to happen—the injuries, the um, just guys can't make it out for whatever reason. So,
0: let's go back to the start of your tenure with the Apple Sox. Even before that, frankly, you—you know, you got hired by the team in the fall. They had an opening at the head coaching position, and you jumped on and you—you you were able to join the franchise. What was your interest in in doing this? In a way, for you, this is getting back into coaching. You've been the athletic director at Mansfield for a couple of years now, correct? And what? Yep. What was your motivation for jumping back on this was this a way to kind of you know keep that baseball coaching opportunity in there while also having another full-time job and kind of trade out your year a little bit
1: yeah so you know my kind of story is right when the pandemic uh, the year the pandemic kind of hit um i was planning on getting married that summer to my wife and um you know, life as an assistant community college baseball coach, you know, obviously, and, you know, substitute teaching, you're not you're not making a consistent income. And so I thought, okay, um, it's time to kind of find a big boy job and, and get something a little more consistent as far as the pay and income comes. So um, I took that job and, you know, that year, obviously, baseball didn't happen. So in some ways, I was thinking, man, I, I, got, I picked the right time to kind of step away and, and find a full-time job um and then last year I, I went out and watched Wenatchee Valley play Big Bend and uh caught up with uh Jamison Lang and Ryan Domit and Rain come and the Big Bend staff and Aaron Vaughn and um and that's when I was like man I I miss coaching um I love teaching I love being an AD but there's just a part of me that um I just miss coaching and growing up I knew I wanted to be a coach and That was a big reason why I wanted to teach was because I wanted to be able to teach and coach. And uh, going out there last year, it just, it hit me. It was like, I I have to find a way to get back into it, whether it be, you know, going to Wenatchee Valley College, um, whatever it may be. Um, And then this opportunity came along at, you know, seemingly the perfect time. And um, it was just an opportunity that I I couldn't pass up on, Um, having grown up in Leavenworth, gone to Cashmere, and been to Apple Sox games before, it was, um, it's it's really a dream job for me, um, you know, I, I really cannot think of another job that I would rather have than being the head coach of the Apple Sox, so, excited about
0: it. <laughs> and that's been a really neat thing so far, like I said to you before, you and I have talked plenty of times, we pretty much have texted or emailed every week about something with the Apple Sox, but we still haven't met in person, but it's been abundantly clear to me, you're really excited, which... I think that's the thing for a lot of people, for the people who know about summer ball, there's a lot to be excited about it. I think there's a lot of people in the baseball industry too, whether they're a fan or they're a player or a coach, sometimes you're not always excited because you don't know it as well, but I think that's something that's been abundantly clear with you is that local connection is a big part of your excitement for being with the Apple Sox. Would you agree with me there?
1: Oh, totally. Uh, And I think not only for me, but for even some of these local players, um, talking with Corey, talking with Connor Ashworth, Connor Wilson, Drake Bird, even Chipman—it just, you know, it just means something more to you when you've grown up going to an Apple Sox game and you know, you know, it's it's every little kid in Wenatchee Valley's dream. You go to the Apple Sox camps, you you dream about one day going and playing for the Apple Sox. So, I, I just think in that aspect, it's so much different for you know, people who have grown up in this valley compared to guys who are coming in from another school who are just out here to play summer ball, you know.
0: What do you like so much about the aspects you have as a teacher, not just as a literal teacher in classrooms, and also as a coach? Because there's a lot of similarities. We're obviously in an an instructional position. What do you enjoy a lot about those? And the coaching side, obviously, getting a chance to still be around the game. But what do you like about being a teacher in a lot of ways?
1: Yeah, um, as far as teaching, I, I just like interacting with the kids. Um, there's always something that puts a smile on your face when you go into school every day. And, um, you know, whether it be a kid, whether it be a staff member, it's just school is a really fun atmosphere for me. Um, I always loved going to pep assemblies and um, spirit weeks and that sort of a thing and playing sports through high school. I just always liked I always just like the school atmosphere and sports tied to that and um, I always just thought man that'd be it'd just be nice every day to wake up and you go to school and um, for me you know teaching PE it's like it's just a dream come true I get to play with play games all day and I get paid to do it so it's it's a it's a yeah. dream job.
0: Have you been able to uh, talk to a lot of the kids about the baseball season and convince them to come out to plenty of games this summer?
1: Oh yeah yeah we've got uh <laughs> parents asking about uh their kids being bat boys and um the kids uh, a lot of my high school kids follow the apple socks on social media and some of them know you know some of the brewster guys or the Schwang guys mm-hmm. that we sign and so a lot of times on those wednesday roster announcements i'll come in thursday morning and they're like oh my gosh you have guys coming from u-dub or Gonzaga." they're all talking about it at school so it's been fun
0: well, I guess we're giving a bit of a shout-out to all those the kids in Mansfield right now, then, by doing that. So, hopefully, if they're <laughs> listening to this, they appreciate that uh, as well. But you, talk, you, you talked about the local players, and I think it is such a neat touch, especially with you having your local connections, playing at Cashmere, of course, growing up Leavenworth, you know, living in Chelan, uh, working at Mansfield. You're touching about every possible town, by the way, in north-central Washington right now, Mitch, <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> but right. what, what does that mean, though, having guys who, one, you know – because obviously, as a coach, a lot of times you're, we see these coaches in the summer pull from their familiar school. Uh, in previous years, the Apple Sox have had other NWAC coaches who would pull from their schools a lot of time, or guys who left their school. You know, for you, in a lot of ways, your biggest connection besides your previous ties, of course, with Big Bend and you know the ties with Aaron as well at Wenatchee Valley College. Your other big ties have been these local players. You know, the Corey Jaros, the Connor Wilsons, the Connor Ashworths, Drake Birds, etc. What does it mean for you as someone from this area having players from the area playing for the Apple Sox?
1: When I was first hired, I I think one of the first things I mentioned to Ali, our our general manager, was um, I think it's really important that when you have local talent in the Wenatchee Valley and the surrounding areas um, to try to get them on your team. I think um, from a fan perspective, uh, it's huge to be able to show up to the yard and and look at a roster and and see. Obviously, we want those big time schools. We want those U Gonzagas, Washington States, um, but also we you know we want to see those small town talents that we saw pitch in high school, that we you know we saw hit in high school, and have followed them um, to the next level. And so one of the big things I really wanted to accomplish was to try to find um, good local talent and keep them on our roster. And obviously, you, you know. You can't keep everybody. You know, it's that fine balance of um, making sure we have a competitive roster and, and a roster that we are trying to win a West Coast League championship, but also um, keeping those talented athletes uh, that have grown up around here on our roster. So,
0: What do you like in the dugout? Because baseball is one of those sports with it being such a long season, especially even in the summer where there's games uh, at least six days a week most weeks. What's your mentality in the dugout? Are you going to be a guy who's going to have a message for your team every day, or is it kind of going to be, you know, you're going to let a lot of other things speak for you, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, as far as just our dugout mentality, I think a lot of it is just you. whether you're in our lineup or not, you got to find a way to help our club win that day. Um, there's so many other things you can be doing rather than, you know, if you're in the lineup or you're not in the lineup. Just talking the game with guys who are in the lineup, staying ready to play if you're not in the lineup, Um, and then just balancing, keeping it loose but keeping it focused. Um, You know, we're not going to have side conversations on other stuff in our dugout. We're going to be focused on the game that night. Um, But yeah, just just balancing, you know, keeping it loose, keeping it fun, but uh, also we're here to do a job and uh, find a way to help us win that night.
0: I want to talk to you about the three facets and kind of some of your, three facets of the game and kind of some of your, your thoughts on them of course, you know, fielding, pitching and hitting. I want to start with, I'll start on the mound. As a, as a pitching staff, what are your goals for this Apple Sox team? Are you, are you going to be a guy who's going to roll? We see some teams in the summer kind of roll a six man starting rotation. Uh, some will kind of be a five. Obviously, at the beginning of the season, it's hard to say what you want to specifically do. But what are some of kind of the goals you've outlined for your pitching staff over the course of a summer? Because one of the challenges being is going to be obviously, you know, maintaining these schedules that these pitchers from their schools have been given to you. Whether a guy can toss a certain amount of innings, or each appearance can only throw a certain amount of pitches, so to speak. So, what kind of what's your approach with the pitching staff?
1: Yeah, I think um, starting off, we're we're probably going to roll with either a six or a seven-man rotation, uh, six at a minimum just because, you know, we're playing six games a week. Um, ideally, I'd like to be able to find seven starters that I really want to roll with and um, have guys get just, you know, seven to eight days off between starts. Um, and then as far as you're talking about with just our pitching philosophy overall, You know, Vaughn is going to handle, Aaron's going to handle a lot of, a lot of the pitching details, but from a head coach perspective, I like guys that work quick, um, as, as playing as an infielder, I know, um, a pitcher that backs up, catches the ball behind the rubber steps on the mound, gets a sign and goes, it just keeps everyone so much more engaged. Um, you know, you get a pitcher that throws a pitch, walks off the dirt, catches it on the grass, turns around, has to hike back up onto the hill throws another pitch Yep, it's just it's unbelievable how it can be so unengaging for a lack of a better word um, yeah. for your defense um, and then the other thing is my big thing that I preach is just four free bags or less and that's that's not only a pitching thing that's a that's a defense thing as well um, Division 1 College Baseball did a study and I, I I think it would have to have been five or six years ago now um, and they were just trying to look at any, any statistic that related to whoever had won that game. You know, they tried to look at, you know, was it strikeouts? Was it um, how many balls were put in play? And, you know, they couldn't find anything that really showed um, a similarity between everybody that won the game except for four free bags or less. Hmm. They found that I think it was like 84% uh, Division one games are won by the team that gives away four free bags or less. So free bags being a walk, being an air, um, and combining those statistics. If you can keep guys, you know, from getting four free bags or less, you're going to win over 80% of your games. Um, and, that, well, that's what they found anyway. Um, and so that's kind of, especially in a woodback league, um, that's really one thing I want to preach is, you know, we cannot have guys that come in here and walk the yard. Uh, you just you just can't win that way. Uh, make guys hit. I mean, even the best hitters in the world are failing 70% of the time if you're a 300 hitter so go in there make guys hit it pitch to contact and, uh, and let's see what we can do with that
0: I like how you bring that up that four bags or less it's a really good way to look at it for the West Coast League I mean last year in particular the Apple Sox really struggled with errors um, you've seen Paul Thomas senior stadium enough I think as a coach as a fan just watching games even recently I, I think you know it. the ball's gonna bounce it's a hard field Ball's going to bounce, and I think the the biggest thing we've seen, at least that I've seen the last few years, the biggest issue for fielders seems to be settling themselves. Whether after a funky hop, they're not expecting because it's not turf, because so many of them are used to turf, it, and it seems like they're not able to kind of settle themselves for a good throw. So I I, I think that's that's a really good mentality, in a lot of ways. Uh, what's your approach on using relievers? Because. I, I think the game has certainly changed in the last few years with how people look at them. You, we talked about the rotation. You kinda, Obviously, you would love it if every starter could go at least five, six, seven innings, but that's not always going to be the case. Are you the type of person who, you know, if it's a one-run ball game, let's say sixth inning, pitch counts up a little bit high for your starter, but the other team's got, you know, second and third, one out. Are you looking to put in your best guy to get the out there, even if that means maybe using your quote-unquote closer? Or are you kind of the guy who's looking? You know, are we looking to kind of see if we can kind of bridge the gap here to get to the closer later?
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm a guy that's going to throw his best guy when it's needed. Um, you know, when you watch playoff baseball, um, that's one thing that always bothers me is they'll leave their bullets in the pen, and it's like you know they're 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 holding out for these situations where they can bring in that closer, and then a lot of times you don't get to see that situation because you end up giving that run giving that run up. Um, so yeah no I'm, a, I'm I'm a guy that uh, if I have a horse in the pen and it's a tight game and you know there's a situation where we need a punch out or we need a guy to come in here and shut it down uh, you gotta go to your next best guy you can't bank on getting to that guy in the ninth with the lead uh, you gotta find a way to get to that situation first so
0: no, I, I agree and that's that's how I look at it I think there were times we had, we had one pitcher last year we had two guys last year who were really set up to be closers and Uh, The one player was pretty much with the Apple Sox the entire summer. He had single-digit appearances, and I thought, you know, what are you saving him for? (laughs) You know, who cares if it's a save situation later? The best point, I'm of the belief that, you know, that toughest point in the ballgame could be in the fifth inning. That could decide it, so uh, that's definitely good to hear. So we talked about on the mound. Let's talk about uh, in the field. We kind of touched on it a little bit defensively. Uh, Are you someone who likes to do a lot of shifting? Because... Unlike MLB in a year or two, which I completely disagree with that they're going to be able to ban it, uh, there is no ban on shifts in the West Coast League. Are you the type of guy who is going to try to shift certain counts, maybe certain hitters? It's hard to find a lot of good information on hitters in general at the college level for how certain players are going to go, but you you guys have your sources. You're going to have enough guys who – it is a small world. You're going to have guys who are familiar with certain hitters on other teams because of their notoriety. Are you someone who who will – try to shift at different times over the course of a summer or are you pretty much going to trust your infielders in a lot of ways?
1: Yeah that's you know the big leagues it's so much different because they have so much data on these hitters that you know they can do those uh, non-traditional shifts where you know the shortstop's playing on the other side of second base um, so I, I wouldn't envision us doing anything and you know unless it's like you know a, a bat that we've seen maybe it's the second time we're facing them for a three-game series and mm-hmm. um you know we've got 10 ab's on them and he's just a dead pull guy we might we might try to get uh a shift going on in that situation but no other than that it's just it's just letting these guys read swings talking to them in between innings with our infielders and um you know finding ten- tendencies on where guys go um and letting them, you know, play from there, just letting them be athletes, letting them uh, figure it
0: out on their own, and um, so, yeah. I had a feeling what your answer would be, but I just, I wanted to bring that up, I don't know how many fans listening to this recall it, but I remember with series against Portland and Corvallis, and that's two pretty forward-thinking organizations in general, uh, the second time around that they saw us, and they played both times, our two three game series against them one at them and then one at us more within less than a month of each other and they were shifting that second time around and both times around that was at paul thomas senior so it's interesting to see i think how some teams will or won't adjust in that way because you're right i, I think it sometimes the shift can be useful sometimes it can be a little bit much as well uh, let's talk about at the plate now what kind of team is this going to be when they're at the plate are we going to be talking about an Apple Sox team that's are we going to have a, a, a not one singular approach, so to speak, but is this going to be a team with a certain list of bullet points, so to speak? These are our goals to score runs. Is it, or is it going to kind of be just, you know, getting the best out of each player and what their abilities are?
1: Yeah, I think you know, for the first half of this season, a lot of it is going to be trying to figure out who these guys are at the plate. Um, everybody, you know, every player is so different at the plate. Um, my hitting philosophy really is just at being athletic over being mechanical. I think, uh, man, in today's hitting world and uh, just some of the stuff that's going on as far as teaching hitters the game, um, these guys get so on their head on on some of the mechanical stuff. I mean, you've seen some of these drills posted online with, you know, two-by-fours on kids' shoulders swinging, hitting a broomstick with a ball balancing off the end, and it's like, Dude, what are we accomplishing here? Um, so my big thing is, you know, if I take my team into a backyard and we're gonna play a wiffle ball game, every one of the you know, they're just naturally gonna find barrel to the wiffle ball. They're gonna they're gonna naturally square up a baseball because they're being athletic, they're being loose, they're comfortable, and they're just doing they're doing their natural swing. Um so that's kind of my approach at the plate with our guys is um, you know, finding what works for you, being an athlete. Um, and playing loose and playing confident. Um, I want our guys, I want our guys to be able to cut it loose. I don't want them, uh, thinking about anything other than squaring up a baseball when we're up to bat. Um, from a strategy side of it, obviously the guys that are at the top of our order or at the end of our order that can run a little bit. Um, I like, I like guys that can do a variety of things, you know, can lay a bunt down for a hit. Um, you know, a lot of guys in our lineup are going to have green lights early in the season as far as stealing bags goes. Um, and then as we kind of progress into our season and we learn these hitters and learn our roster a little better, I think then we kind of start to put things in place and, um, you know, manage the game a little tighter, I would say. Not that we're going to be loose to start with, but, um, you know, that first 15 days, that first month, really, you got to kind of learn what your roster is and, you yeah. Uh, see what guys can do
0: so I think that's the interesting thing about a West Coast League season is that so much of the like you said those first 15 days you're trying to figure it out but you're also trying to win games because there's a first half champion and a second half champion with the additional playoff spots that have been rewarded this year granted that it's a much much larger league this season than it was last year with the 16 teams overall but four teams making it from each side we're talking about a lot of teams are going to be in the postseason. Half the league is going to make the playoffs. Tell me why the Apple Sox should expect to be, and their fans should expect them to be in the playoffs this year.
1: Well, <laughs> I think we should we should expect to be in the playoffs because that's what our organization and that's what Apple Sox baseball is. That's what um, our history is, and that's what we should expect top to bottom from um, from our organization. I from the first day I'm going to preach that I am a guy that talks about winning. Um, I think it's important to talk about winning. I think we've shifted in some ways as a little bit as a culture, um, and as a sports culture, away like it's almost, um, a bad thing to talk about winning, but, and you know, no matter what it is in life, if you go in for a job interview and there's four other people they're interviewing, you got, you got to be better than three other people that day, you know, at some point, um, you know, it, it doesn't work to keep coming in second. So um, as a club, we're going to talk about winning. We're going to talk about our expectation of when we show up to the yard, we expect to win. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're going to be geared in, ready to go from day one. And uh, that's our goal. That's our goal to fight every day and, and try to win every series that we play.
0: It sure seems like the best West Coast League and probably summer ball, but I can't really attest to that since I've only seen the West Coast League in person. But it sure seems like the best summer ball teams are the ones who are able to blend that that goal to improve individually while also having that mindset of wanting to win as a team. How do you blend those two things together? Because I think 90, and I don't mean to typecast, but I'd say 95% of players come into the summer thinking, I have X, Y, and Z to work on. And that's all that really matters to me, so so to speak. I think a lot of times that 5% are the returners. I think it's also just some players who want to have fun in general, who are also kind of just, you're part of a team, you want to win. How do you blend those two things together as a coach?
1: Yeah, no, I'm really glad you brought that up, Joel, because that's, that's another one of my kind of, what I've written down as far as my day one talking points is, um, you know, obviously, we're all all these guys are coming in because they want to develop as players. Um, and kind of what I'm going to preach or my message is um, your your own personal development is at its best and happens best when you focus on what you can do to help us win. Uh, with any team I've ever been a part of, um, especially with summer baseball, um, when you come in and your primary focus is helping your team win that night or what we can do to get a winning uh, you know, a winning team going, um, that's when development takes off. When you come into a summer and you're here to get your 100 ABs and, uh, you know, you're not, you know, you're just kind of check, checking out, um, that's when it's at its worst. When it's too laid back and it's, you know, the, the term summer ball, which I'm personally not a huge fan of the term summer ball, uh, just because it kind of It kind of just sounds too loose. It sounds like, hey, I'm here to get my A.B.s, and then I'm going to head home back to my school and uh, see you guys later. (laughs) Um, So when you take things serious and you focus on winning, I think that's when your personal development uh, grows the most.
0: Yeah, I definitely think there's a way to have fun with it. But for the record, what should I refer to the sport as when speaking to you about instead of summer ball?
1: We'll call it uh,
0: Baseball in the Summer. Baseball in the Summer. Okay, I see. So, uh, fans, I hope you noticed that. You know, don't don't say it the wrong way against Coach. And you have no problem with that. Uh, speaking about the fans, Mitch, uh, obviously you know a lot of these people are going to be going to games in a way because of family, because of just people you know from these areas. What are you excited about with with getting to know some of the fans this year? Because you're obviously going to have some chances in a few weeks with the Fan Fest coming up. And I think over the course of the season, our fans are the, the type of people who – uh, if they have a question for someone in leadership they're not afraid to really ask it you know whenever they run into you they'll like to they'll like to talk about those things uh, what are you excited about uh this coming season off the field so to speak
1: Yeah I'm uh no I and I, I love that stuff I love uh interacting with the fans and I, I hope they have you know a, a free pass to come talk to me whenever they want to talk to me obviously uh not when the game's going on uh <laughs> but outside of the outside of the lines um But no, I'm excited to see just some of the locals that I've um, known previously, some of the Cashmere alumni, guys I went to school with, um, coaches I've played for, planning on coming out, Um, and then Apple Sox alumni as well who have uh, reached out and said, "Hey, you know, excited you got the job. Um, You know, going to come try to catch some games." Uh, And so yeah, just interacting with the fans, getting to know them a little better. Uh, I'm excited for all that.
0: Last thing I kind of wanted to touch on. I got two things. I'll do this one first before the last one. Um, we talked about it a few weeks ago, one of the, and i mentioned on the last podcast for fans, uh, that August 1st non-league game against the CCL is going to be an interesting one. We've got a few kind of changes for that game. One of the ones you agreed upon. Yeah. I'm sure you're too thrilled. Uh, one of the ones, one of the ones you agreed on doing though, I had said was uh, we're going to have for the designated hitter spot. We're going to have a coach bat for both teams. Uh, how excited are you to lace them up that day? And we're going to expect you in full uniform for that game as well.
1: Oh man! I, uh, <laughs> so, for the fans listening, I, I, whenever the podcast comes out, usually on my drive home, I'll, I'll turn it on and listen to the new episode. Well, Friday we're going home for Mother's Day weekend to Lemworth, and my wife is sitting in the car and we're listening to the podcast, and Joel starts talking about head coach mitch darlington suiting up and and playing for the apple Sox, and my wife is just looking at me just staring me down and shaking her head like what have you agreed to do and i can't help but smile um and she she's seriously concerned she's like you're gonna get hurt something's gonna happen out there and i'm like i'm fine i'll i'll be okay um but no i'm man i don't know i can't say i'm excited um i can't i can't remember the last time i've taken bp or swung a bat so (laughs) maybe the weeks leading up to that that game i'll have to get in the box and and see a little live hitting because right now mid 80s is going to seem like 100 uh standing in the box so we'll see how it goes
0: maybe you could like promise something to the team throughout the season you know if they uh I know some coaches do stuff like if they shut out a team, then they get some sort of privilege. Maybe, like, you'll step in the cage after, like, a shutout or something, just to get you some experience. I mean, that's what we're, we're – we don't want you to be in, in a position where you're not comfortable with how you perform at the plate. Right. But. right. Yeah,
1: these guys have to respect me, you know. They, they're they going to respect me all year, and then I'm going to step in the box, and they're going to say, who have
0: we been listening to? For <laughs> Well, the bright side of that point will be, you know, like a couple weeks left of the season. So that's that's the one thing. If, if things don't go uh, according to plan. But, you know, we're fully expecting an extra base hit to, to drive in at least a couple of runs with your iPads. <laughs> so no pressure. Uh, you know, if no one's on, you better go deep because we need some runs. So <laughs> uh, Mitch, the, la- the last thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, to kind of put you on the spot, if I haven't done it enough times already, uh, that's, uh, give me three players – who you're excited about this season. It could be any type of reason. It could be because they're a local connection. It could be because it's a talent you're excited to see on the field. But give fans who are listening three names to know. Because when they come on opening day, a lot of times, they cheer anyway, even though they hardly know the guys. But I want to give them a chance here to have a few people who you in particular are really excited about.
1: Yeah, I would... Uh... That's a tough one. I would say one of the guys I'm very excited about is um, Joey Chiru Oyama. Um, he's headed to UC Irvine next year. Left-handed bat, uh, uh, just an electric player. He is. He's quick uh, and and hits for power. Surprisingly, um, has hit eight home runs this year at Merced College. Um, and I think he's just going to be a fantastic player for us. I could see him being at the top of our order on a nightly basis, um, stealing bags, um, and just going to be a fun defensive player to watch as well. Really good hands, good feet, can really turn to. Um, so that'd be my number one guy just to keep an eye on. I think he's going to have a big year for us. Um, the second guy, I would say uh, let's go with Mason Hull from Missouri State uh, has had a fantastic year for them. I think, he, I think he's think he got nine home runs on the year. ton of power, good defensively. Um, probably going to be a middle of the bat order for us. Uh, so excited about him. And then, you know, a fan favorite that's going to be returning, Enzo Apodaca in center field. Um, you know, probably going to be another guy that's in the heart of our order uh roman center field on a nightly basis and uh he's having a fantastic year for the zags which uh you know we may not even see him till late june um you know the zags the zags are looking poised to make a really deep playoff run here so uh, whenever he shows up we'll be really excited to get him on board
0: yeah i talked to him i think a month or so ago now on the podcast and that was kind of something i said to him i said you know and at that time it was abundantly obvious i said enzo i uh, don't think we'll see you opening day in a lot of ways. I hope we don't because that means you're playing some real serious ball at that point. But yeah, hopefully we can get him at some point because I know he, he sounded really excited to be back as well. And I, I think that's what's so neat is our returning players seemed excited, you know, even with, you know, a new coach, new teammates, they seem excited to be back. And I, I think it's gonna be a really fun season. Well, Mitch, uh, thanks for joining us. I guess this is kind of a, a mini season preview that we've had still about a month away from games, but uh, we're really excited to have a uh, some regularity of some games coming up here real soon. Enjoy the rest of the school year, and hey, we'll see you in person a lot more in a few weeks.
1: All right. Thank you, Joel. Thanks for having me. All right. So that's...